Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina, from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. It's going to be our final good morning for a little bit of time. We're going to take a little bit of a sabbatical away here for the winter months. But I must say it's been a pleasure and an honor being on the radio with all of you. And we're talking about uh, all our gardens. I feel like I've got a lot of friends out there that it's like gardeners. You get around the, the, the table and you grab your cup of coffee and you start talking about things and you just want help. You maybe want confidence and you want to be support on how to grow your gardens. And now we flip into the winter uh, months and we want to be able to say, hey, it's that holiday season that's about. So maybe there's some questions and answers that we can get together about gardening before we go through. I know the lines are going to be busy. I want to do my quick little poem that's in through here. So please listen to the winter's artist. An awesome scene the artist paints, expert and deft in hand. Brush strokes swift he draws with ease. A winter wonderland. Landscape sketched from memory. Heavens and land entwine. Rapidly the scene is set, exquisitely divine. Pine trees reaching tall and proud like statues standing still. There is no wind to speak of. More of an icy chill. Strong branches dusted with snow stretching their fingers high, as if welcoming the blanket bequeathed by the darkening sky. Crisp snowflakes twirl like dancers, pirouetting to and fro, waltzing to their silent tune toward the ground below. Pale moonlight generously showers diamonds all around, its treasures glints and sparkles upon the hardened ground. Snowfall in shades of silver envelops the land below, lightening up the darkness with a soothing, gentle glow. Mellow in its nature, no preference where it lays, takes refuge where and when it can, throughout the winter days. Though bereft of color is a scene, prevailing gray and white, its awe-inspiring beauty is apparently day and night. Who nonchalantly paints the sea for all the earth to share, he strokes proficient every time, precise and so aware. Jack Frost paints wondrous pictures with his palette of frozen dew, then stands back when his work is done and proudly admires the view. You are listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. It's the last show. Let's go right to the lines. Hi, Joanne. How are you? Well, I'm okay. <laughs> That's good. I have, oh, I have yeah. a question about watering. You have always told us to put our perennials to bed in a popsicle. Yep. Well, I didn't get that. I didn't get that done, that watering done. So should I, and I have uh, about 12 50-gallon barrels of rainwater looking at me. So Ooh. should I be disturbing this snow by pouring the water on my plants or just leave the snow? I would probably, at this point, I would probably leave the snow. Okay. Uh, if... You're going to get some moisture from that in there. Yeah. But uh, if we do, if we find that this does melt, though, mm-hmm. and we get that softening, because the ground is very warm underneath. Yeah, I then, know. Then 
Um, I wouldn't probably leave the water in the in your barrels. You no, might crack I your barrels. <laughs> I've already chopped ice off them, and their spigots are frozen. So I have a job ahead of me. Yeah. So if you can uh, dump them, you know, I would wait and see what this week brings because if this melts, uh, it, you may have opportunity to put some moisture on there. Okay. I'm afraid to leave them long because. Um, if they don't, if I can't get them emptied, then they'll break and they'll be of no use to me. And they're, they were. Then hard. I would, I would were, say dump them then. Yeah, they were yep. hard to find. Okay, we also planted a half a dozen shrubs and a couple of trees this summer. So should I put water on them? Yes. Okay, I figured I could do that. Yeah, if you can get some moisture on them, that would be the beneficial because it's so important because we know that we've just gone through a drought. Mm-hmm. And even mature trees that are around are trying to gravitate even deeper for that moisture. But if you have shallower trees that are, and shrubs that have just been planted, yeah. those mature trees are going to sort of wick away that moisture from those guys. Okay. Okay. okay? That's good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Enjoy the snow. Yeah. <laughs> Gardeners enjoy snow it's on their plants. Oh, they. you know what? I'm looking outside here at some of the shrubs that are in the nursery still that we haven't gotten away yet and it's beautiful yeah i'm sure <laughs> yeah it is yeah. it is okay, okay enjoy the day okay bye thank you for calling and we have to remember our gardens and it, it's so true uh to what joanne said is when you're designing and doing your yard it's the hoarfrost or it's the snow cover on our foliage of our trees and shrubs that gives us that eloquent beauty of winter Let's go right to lines. Beth is next. Good morning, Beth. Hi there. Uh, Hi. I'm trying to save my manavilla. Oh, your manavilla, yes. And uh, it's got white, uh, the leaves started getting crispy, and I looked at it, and it's got this white, like a mold on the stem and some of the leaves. What is okay. that? It's it it can be a mold if you're overwatering, if it's powdery mildew that's on it, if it's all the way over. But... They are also prone to a bug called um, mealybug that's on there. So if it looks like it's a little bit more cottony or bandy and it's clustered at the uh, nodes of the leaf set to the roots, or sorry, the the node of the leaf to the main stems, uh, it could be a little bit of mealybug that's happening. Well, did I put that insecticide soap on help? Yes, that will help. I and did bef- put a spray water on it. Well, spraying somebody water is... told me to cut it down to one foot. Uh, it was only about two and a half feet tall. It wasn't very tall. Yeah, well, you know what? I like blasting things off with water first because that's nature's way of cleansing things. Okay. And then you can back that up with your insectocidal soap. But you may have to do some repeat applications of it, okay? Okay. Yeah, and just be diligent. Take it If you can take it to the tub or the shower and spray it in there. And remember, all the joints and everything, Okay. All right, that may be a better idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then you could just spray away and you don't have to worry about the carpet. You don't have to worry about the floor. No. Give it a good rinsing, okay? Just make sure if you're giving it a shower first with water, yeah. put a black plastic bag over the soil so that no soil goes down the drain, okay? And then uh, and then put uh, insecticidal soap on it. Yes, and you may have to do it at uh, weekly intervals so that you get break the circle from the adult Okay. Laying an egg in the new generation, okay? I've lost quite a few leaves as as of now. <laughs> okay, if you've lost leaves also too, here is a call and shout out that light levels are lower, temperatures are lower, 
So the plant is respiring and growing less, so do not overwater. Oh, this is, is the in, time to uh, cut no, back. No, it's in a room that's not used very much, and it's in the west. Okay, so as long as it's got light and you let it dry out between waterings, okay? Oh, I see, okay. Uh-huh. Another question is, did you ever find out about that uh, onions, you know, how that lady was losing her onions with them going rotten from the bottom up? And oh. I have had that problem for three years or more, and we quit growing onions. Yeah, well, they could either be crop, you want to do crop rotation, or there could be a small maggot that enters into the onion right at the set of when you do your planting. It's so, not the same as what the maggots like we used to have, but this is entirely different. It looks good, and all of a sudden it's rotting, just a plain rotting in the, from the bottom up. From the bottom up. Well, someone we had read into some of the stuff, and it thought that it was it could be a very slight maggot that's there, but if you're still getting it, crop rotation and put it, do your onions in a different area. Okay? Yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, oh. Never had it before. Okay, well, try the crop rotation and see if that helps well, at all, right? we have done that, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll try and see if there's another remedy that we can come up with. I hope you can. <laughs> okay, all right. Thank you, Beth, for calling. It's all those dilemmas. We're still talking about our onions and growing all our different houseplants. But you know what? The lines are so busy. So, Eva, let's just keep the lines going. Uh, next up is Henry. Hello. Hello, Henry. Good morning, Carla. How are you? I'm very well. Th- oh, a little tired. I, I have to admit that I'm a little tired because we have our Christmas launch this weekend. And... Uh, I have, I have, I've had my elf shoes on for two weeks, so it's a lot of long nights. I'd love to see you as an elf. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I used to do Santa Claus till COVID came in. Yeah. Oh, wow. But, but yeah. anyways, maybe I could have come to your garden center and be your Santa. There but anyways, <laughs> I've got three quick questions. Sure. Animal question. You know what? I, I feed the cats. As you know, I have quite a few. I feed skunks. I feed raccoons. Now I noticed by the tracks around our food uh, bins around the property, we're feeding deer. Where does oh. it end? Well, you know what? Once you sort of give a food supply that's out there, they will come because they know that you're feeding them. Yes. And uh, na- na- naturally, they should be foraging for their own yeah. food and that kind of stuff. But well, it's like it's like here, like we grow we grow fields in the back. We have. Uh, I can tell you how many times I grow pumpkins in the back, and the deer eat them all up. <laughs> oh, well, good, good. Bless your heart, and at least you're feeding them. I'm not the only one. But anyways, a plant question. Sure. You know what? For the last few years, we always buy petunias. And we noticed the last three years where we had the, a planter with petunias, we have a big patch of petunias coming up, all colors, not only the color that we had. How do they seed themselves? Because well, they, they never turn brown. Well, they it's it's the flat. Okay, the flowers themselves usually fall off, and then on the petunia set, it looks almost like a green little flower that's left with a little bulbous center. Yeah, that's actually that's actually when people deadhead, they think that by pulling the flower portion off is the deadheading, but it's not. Oh. You have to remove that small. 
uh, greenish flower set, set that's below it, because that's where the development of the seed is. Yeah, you know what? You sound like my granddaughter. She always says, Papa, we got to go deadheading. Yes. <laughs> that's good. So anyways, because uh, I deadhead him, and then the new uh, new flowers come out. Well, that's because in the life cycle of a plant, if it produces a seed set from the embryo to a seed and it starts growing a seed, the mother plant says, I've done my job, I'm done. But if you remove the seed sets, then the mother plant says, i got to keep going and going and going and produce more flowers. But you know what? Until we had frost here, the plants are growing beautiful green, now, I'm wondering, how do they seed themselves? Because plants have to dry up, turn brown, then the seeds fall off. Well, the plants don't have to dry and fall off because at some point, some of your flowers at early set have matured and have actually probably dropped seeds. So they don't do it all at one time at the end of the season. They do it in succession of when they bloom. And we have a lot of early blooming flowers in May that that seed set matures and at some point, you probably don't see that explosion of that seed uh, oh, leaving its embryo. Oh, You know, where we had a planter, we got about a six-foot diameter patch of uh, petunias. But the thing is, how come there's so many different colors? Like, we usually get a white or a purple or something. Here we've got, um, you know, reds and pinks and you name it, striped white ones. They're all kinds. But well, anyways, last that usually, question. I'll help. I'll tell you on that one is if you have a mother plant that is by a cutting and it's been taken and strained from from cultivars of different ones, sometimes the seed set will revert back to its originality. Oh, that's what happened. Last question. Okay. You know what? Uh, Wednesday I was uh, fixing my flower bed. I noticed my, our peonies are sprouting. How come? <laughs> well, they're going through a cycle where they probably thought it's... Uh, starting itself up again and i just i had a email from a gentleman that actually said that some of his poplars were budding and starting to look like they were setting bud to have leaves again and i said yes some plants will generate a bud set on the old woods for the next season well they actually sent me a picture and i was quite shocked to see that the buds were actually opening so if that's the case because of the Let's just call it the wacky year that we've had. Yes. That the cycle has gone through where it's opening again. So yes. if it's a case where um, at first I said, no, it'll be okay, and then at the point that it was actually at the stage that it was at, he may lose some uh, tipping off of it, but poplars are really strong. Yes, yes. Okay, Carla, last thing. If you decide to have that Christmas thing, you want to be my elf, I will gladly come be your Santa Claus at your garden center. Well, Henry, you know, we've had, we have a Santa that's been with us for 13 years. Oh. And, uh, he's, he's, he also brings his missus with him. So we actually have a bunch of charity event that we have with children's photos and they're all booked up. So, uh, are you going to have it this year? Because I know, uh, it's very limited, uh, where I played Santa at Garden City. Uh, they're not going to have it. They haven't had it for uh, last year, and I don't think it's there this year. 
Well, we're taking bookings, so we're very limited on how many oh, people yeah. we have come in. Yeah. But uh, you know what? Our holiday display, if you see us on social media or whatever, you can find it. And uh, it's a blessing that we can get back to some of the stuff that we that we were able to do before. Carla, it's always a pleasure to hear your voice, listen to you, and Lord willing, we'll talk to you next year. You know what? We will uh, We will share more stories next year. And whether they're black or white, like your skunk stories, you make me laugh. <laughs> okay, take care, take Henry. Care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It is the last show of the day, or of the season. That You can tell I'm a little tired from being up late. Uh, I said, like, we are uh, got a little bit of the elf dust happening around here. And this is the season where we kind of are looking in the transition from our gardens going to bed to even getting Christmas trees. And uh, yes, you may have heard that there's a little bit of a shortage of Christmas trees out there. So if you know your favorite place to go, maybe you want to give them a little bit of a visit to see if you can secure your Christmas tree if you like a fresh tree. There's some beauty in having a fresh Christmas tree. And just a reminder, if you get it early, that doesn't mean you have to put it up early. These trees have been cut and harvested and it's just like a normal tree the wound on the bottom is sealed up. So the importance of if you are getting a fresh Christmas tree is to cut three or four inches off the bottom of it. So if you want a little bit of taller one, just remember you got to take some of that uh, tree trunk off the bottom so that you can open up the source where the tree actually absorbs up all that moisture. That's what's going to keep the freshness of your tree too as well. You want to take off three or four inches on the bottom and you'll know if you if you're prone to getting a, a fresh cut tree, you'll know how fast a tree can wick up the moisture in the, that is in that reservoir. And you want to keep that water in there constantly so it just keeps it wicking and wicking so the moisture goes into it. And you do have your favorite trees that are in there, your Frasers, your balsam. Uh, it's that scented piney scent that is absolutely sort of, yeah, Christmassy in all that's on it. And there's uh, no callers right now, I think. Oh, I was just going to read a Christmas poem and Debbie's on the line. Let's go to Debbie instead. Hi, Debbie. Hi. Hi, good morning. Good morning. How can we help you on the Lawn Garden Journal? Yes. The lady that called about the bulb onions rotting. Yes. She should try the green onions that you can buy in the greenhouse. Because the bulb onions are just for short term, short, and she can buy the green onions like for long storage. Yeah. So she could try that, and they get to be nice big onions too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do like the onion sets. Like uh, there's a few variety that I like. Like uh, there's a Southport that I like. And then there's uh, a few Chelsea varieties that you can get, too, also as the green sets. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you could see, see that it's long storage if she wants to store them for the winter. Oh, okay, good. Well, yes. thank you very much for the tip. Yes. Okay. Bye. Okay, thank Bye. you, Debbie. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And Susan, I hope she's still listening that's in there that gives that little bit. But, yeah, you can, instead of doing the bulb sets, there are the, the seeded varieties that you can get. Let's go right to the lines. Agatha is next. Good morning, Agatha. Good morning. Uh, about the uh, onions and the maggots, um, 
years ago, I believe it was the Lawn and Garden Show at that time, that uh, they told us to uh, put dried coffee grounds in the ground when you're planting your onions, and it actually works. This year I forgot, and I was starting to lose my onions, and I uh, put my coffee grounds in, and I saved them. And I noticed my neighbor, Lady Hers, went one from one to the other until they were basically almost all gone, and I managed to save mine with the dried coffee grounds. Well, that's a very good tip, too. That's wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. No, thank, thank you. you. Okay, Bye-bye. you're welcome, Agatha. So this is the support we have. This is awesome because right now we have two solutions that are in there, and it's just by, hey, talking about gardening over a cup of coffee, right? Anyway, there was the... Uh, where I was going with this was the Christmas tree. Until there's more callers that are on the line that are going to be coming. There's a few poems that I wanted to get in. And this one is called The Gardener's Christmas Poem. Please listen. A Gardener's Christmas. T'was the night before Christmas and all through the yard. The branches were bare and the ground frozen hard. The roses are dormant, the mulched all around. To protect them from damage if frost heaves the ground. The perennials were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of fertilizer danced in their heads. The newly planted shrubs have all been soaked by the hose to settle their roots for a long winter's doze. And out on the lawn, the new fallen snow protected the roots of the grasses below. When what to my wondering I should appear but a pruess full of gifts of gardening gear? St. Nick was the driver, a jolly old elf, and he winked as he said, I'm a gardener myself. I've brought new seeds, all light systems too. Give them a try and see how they do. To eliminate weeding, I brought bags of mulch to attract the pollinators. I have flowers for best results. To add to your joy, I've plenty of herbs and ornamental grasses for your hell-strip curbs for Seed planting days, I've a trowel and a dibble and a roll of wire mesh if the rabbits should nibble. I have the latest books plus the gadgets you'll love, plant stakes and frames and waterproof gloves. Here are the sharp shears and a new compost pit and for pH detecting, a soil testing kit. With With those colorful flagstones lay a new garden path for the view from your window a bird feeder, and bath. And last but not least, some well-rotted manure, the green garden year-round, these gifts will ensure. Then jolly old Nick, having emptied his load, started his purus and took on the road. And I heard him exclaim through the motor's quiet hum, Merry Christmas to all, and to all, a green thumb. And with that... Yes, there may be a few little gardening things that people are looking for. And, hey, who doesn't need a few markers to mark where your plants are for the next season's growth? Now, when we're talking about holidays, there's a few plants that are coming into sort of the the next season. And it is, of course, amaryllis bulbs and poinsettias, or poinsettias, tomato, tomato, right? So when we look at poinsettias, and you're going to see that they're going to start to show up at your garden centers or at your favorite stores that carry some plants. And the best way to keep them is to keep them away from drafts. Now, you want to uh, make sure that when you're taking it home from 
the shop that you're getting at that they're well protected from the coolness because these grow in Mexico, so they do not want to have a cool, any type of coolness on them. It will cause a drop or leaf drop. If It might not happen right away, but the leaves will start to curl. Poinsettias like light. So place it near a sunny window for at least six to eight hours a day. Nice and bright location. But again, if the window is very cool, pull it back a little bit that's on it. You do not want it to be too cold. All right. And how much water do you give? You get beautiful cover pots. And when I say it's a cover pot, you buy it in a plastic pot and you drop it into a pot that does not have drainage. Now, when you're watering this, I want you to make sure you're lifting it, take it to the sink, water it, let it well drain, and then put it into your beautiful color pot that sets the tone or the feeling that you want to have in your creative displays. Now, when you, even with the watering, make sure you evenly distribute the water completely around the soil structure of your plant, because if you leave one side dry and one side wet, that's not good either, all right? So if you have to replant your plant into a bigger pot, if you're doing a combo pot where you wanted to put a Norfolk pine and a, and a poinsettia in, maybe one of your favorite tropicals that are in there, they like to use a, a light garden mixture that's on it. Don't go too heavy that's on it because they do not like the heavy, heavy soils that are in there. So these are just little bits of tips that you can have for success of your plants. And... All of us will be talking about how to care for our plants in the spring. So a little bit of tips. Let's go right to line. Reinhold is next. Good morning, Reinhold. Morning, Carla. How are you? I'm very well. And how about you? And where are you calling from? I have not been asking anyone this morning. Good. I'm calling from North Kildonan in Winnipeg, the Mennonite center of Winnipeg. <laughs> well, hello out there, North North Kildonan. You know what? It's been an icy drive. I don't know where everyone is, but a little bit of this... Uh, Ice has just put everyone sort of a little bit of a slow mode. Uh, so I hope we get a little bit of warm up so we can get this all shoveled out and nice on dry c- concrete again. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. shoveled out at all yet. Like a okay. little bit of my front sidewalk, a little bit of my back sidewalk, but I still have to do my back lane and all around my car. The last I was out was Wednesday evening about 5 o'clock in six inches of, of slush and water. Oh, so, I, not yeah. pleasant. No, it's not, because uh, I think uh, I actually, with my hiking boots, I actually um, sort of gave up on the hiking boots, because when you know your hiking boots get uh, very wet, they take a long time to dry out. <laughs> yep. So I hear you on exactly. that. Yep. Yeah. How can we help you now, on the Lawn Garden Journal? What I'm actually calling about is about seeds that I did not plant this year. Whether the okay. flower seeds, vegetable seeds, I picked up a whole bunch, had every intention of having a big garden, didn't happen. So what do I do with those seeds now? How's the best way to store them? Well, I like to see them in a uh, sealed Ziploc bag in a cool uh, location. So I like keeping them in a fridge. I store some seeds year uh, year by year here, too, at the garden center because I do uh, carry over a little bit of seed myself on the production side. And a Ziploc bag sealed tight in a um, in an extra fridge. Like, you know, I'm usually not in a fridge that has potatoes or onions or apples because they give off certain gases. But make sure it's well sealed, okay? Okay. Now, the other question that I have is I have a couple of those little silica gel packets 
Should I put that in the bag with the seeds? No, you that shouldn't no. do it because that that actually keeps things at, and it grabs some moisture away from it. You want to have a percentage of some moisture in your seed. Oh, uh, okay. Because a the, that seed itself already has moisture in it for the storage of the germination for the next. And uh, if you dry okay. your yeah, just think if you dry that seed out more and more and more, right. then there's less chance of germination. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I kind of, I kind of, it kind of makes sense because I remember um, when my uncles went to the granary, they always percentage of moisture that they liked on it. So I think it added a little bit of weight to sort of crops that were right. in there. So okay. you want that moisture. There's, it's called stored energy and stored moisture, and we get that also in from our bulbs, like our dahlias, our uh, caladiums. They have stored moisture in there, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for calling on the Lawn and Garden Journal. Have a great Christmas, and then we'll hear from you next year then. Yes, you will. I will be back next year on the Lawn and Garden Journal. Um, I'm excited to 2022, how fast we will be there. I know. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. So there's so much things. They're already in it's the energized there's so much to talk about with gardening, and this is like when Reinhold is getting excited about his seeds for next year. Believe it or not, uh, our seed, and it's a great little stocking stuffer for people, but usually in mid-December, we start to get the seed going for the next year. And I'm amazed by as soon as you get those first little seed catalogs, it's like your fingers are tingling. You want to get into that energy and start planning. So I'd say, yeah, we have one month of sort of snow and whiteness on the ground that we're going to be able to enjoy. But then those catalogs are going to be out and we're all going to be eager to see how we're going to green up, how we're going to make everything beautiful in our gardens again. Can you see it? It's in my brain. I think you can too. And you can still remember last year's foliage and colors. Like Henry, his flowers were still going. Now... We want those flowers indoors. And when we do flowers indoors, the best ones are sort of, yes, keeping your tropical plants going. Watch for bugs. If you have to spray, use your endol or, uh, you know, blast it away with a little bit of water first because they can catch up on you quickly. So you want to make sure you're always sort of taking an eye on your plants. Poinsettias are beautiful plants. They're so festive. They're bright. They're cheery. Whether red is your favorite or if you're wanting to go in sort of the whites and pinks, that may be favorable into your home decor of how you're accenting things. But there's one plant, too, that is really pretty, and it's uh, I kind of uh, grew up with the Martha Stewart area where she always I always see pictures of them even side of a fireplace mantle, and that's the amaryllis. The amaryllis is beautiful, and the, what's kind of trending is uh, have you seen amaryllis that has been dipped in wax? And when you think about where we had the discussion with Reinhold on our energy, the moisture in the bulb of an energy, next time you visit your favorite garden center, go and see if they have amaryllis bulbs. Yes, you can get the boxed ones. You can plant them in the, the soil. You can have them. and. Okay, when you plant them in the soil, remember, one-third of the bulb has to be up. 
But the new thing, and I was amazed, I saw it a few years ago, and they're now available, is amaryllis bulbs dipped in wax. They are gorgeous on their on their own, and they have a circular little wire that is on the bottom. Now you're going to say, why is there a wire that crested on the bottom that sort of sits on the, the flat surface of this? Well, as you know, the energy that is in that amaryllis is going to produce the big strap leaves plus this gorgeous five-inch trumpeted blossoms of above. And the color from the wax and the detail gives you that architectural kind of look that you may want to put on maybe a chunky pillar holder or mantle them by themselves, paired up on a fireplace or a sideboard or a welcoming table. And the wire, it serves a purpose as if it starts tilting a little bit to the left, you adjust you just adjust your wire to the right, right. And some of the wax is like art. They're whites with swirlings of pinks and reds, so it looks like a peppermint swirl. So you might want to try and investigate. And as all gardeners do, hey, I could do that. I could try that. Look what I did. Look at how pretty it is. Those are the things that we look at and see. Now, we haven't even talked about outdoor pots. We've been outdoor, and the stimulus for those snow out there is, yeah, you may have to put the lights up in the snow. might be a little cold. Make sure you take some hot chocolate or a coffee break and warm up those hands as you go. But it is, I'm going to say it, it's porch pot season. This is where our containers at the front door once held those beautiful flowers, held the pumpkin and the gourds for Thanksgiving and Halloween. Now... It's call to action to make beautiful planters for the front, whether it's one or you're framing two. The trend is, why do our planters have to go away? Protect them from frost and heaving, but that soil, before it freezes up, you may want to create a beautiful outdoor display. It's not just the wreath on the door. It's that container that has birch poles, boughs, berries, a beautiful bouquet of Maybe an accent, maybe a snowman head, maybe a lantern. Okay, I've got my brain going of what I'm going to do. And if you're doing a lantern, why not nestle a bunch of string lights in that lantern? So at night when you get that dusting of snow and that darkness falls on the front step, turn the lights on and give that lantern in your porch pot a beautiful glow. It's as you have people that pass by, they're going to say, that's pretty. You're also going to guard off that darkness, and it's going to be so welcoming. There's something that's cheerful about that, those porch pots at the front door. So make sure you thaw out your pots and do something that's there. Or how about, I know I've got an old pair of skates. Yeah, I even have skates here in my office for as, if our pond freezes up. Sometimes I'm out there on the pond going around on the ice, but... Maybe there's a beautiful outdoor, maybe you have an old sleigh that you can do a little bit of greenery against it and take that pair of skates and gently put it over top of your old sleigh with the green boughs and berries. How welcoming is that? What a country feeling that is. It's truly beautiful. So as we progress through the the season, you're going to see that there is a lot of things that are going to happen in your garden. Hopefully with the branching, if we get heavy snow, Just be uh, 
cautious, go out there, see how your trees are doing, because even though it's winter and you say they can look after themselves, if some of this wet snow gets too heavy, maybe a little bit of a broom with a gentle bounce to help and remove some of that snow would be welcoming from the trees. They will say thank you because their branches will not break. They will say thank you for looking after me that's on it. So take measures and do it because nature, it's a winter's garden. It's beautiful and it gives us so much. Well, we are ending the season. And please remember when you're out looking for the Christmas tree, there's big, there's small, and there is also the littlest Christmas tree. Please listen. The littlest Christmas tree lived on a meadow of green among a family of tall evergreens. He learned how to whisper the evergreen song with the slightest of wind that came gently along. He watched as the birds made a home out of twigs and couldn't wait. He too was big. For all the trees offered a home, a maple, the pine, the oak. Who's so strong? I hate being little, said the little tree. I can't even turn colors like the maples turn red. I can't help animals like the mighty old oak. He shelters them all with his wide, mighty cloak. The older tree said, Why, little tree, you don't know the story of a mighty king from the land with no snow. The little tree questioned, A land with no snow? Yes, said the old tree. A very old story from so long ago. A star appeared, giving great light over a manger. On a long winter's night a baby was born. A king of all kings, and with him comes love over all things. He lived in a country all covered in sand, and he laid down his life to save all of man. The little tree thought of the gift given by him. Then the big tree said with the happiest grin, We're not all just trees, but a reminder of the day. There's a much bigger part of the role that we play. For on Christmas Eve I, might, I lay down my life in exchange for a happier ground. And as I stand dying, they'll adorn me and trim. This all will be done in memory of him. Among the warm fire, his families and friends, in a sweet songs of Christmas, I'll find my great end. Then ever so gently he'll come down to see and take me to heaven, Jesus and me. So you see, little tree, we are not like the oak who shelters all things beneath his Greek cloak, nor are we like the maple in fall, whose colors may stand in awe the gift that we give ourselves limb for limb the greatest of honor in memory of him the little tree bowed his down his head down and cried and thought of the king who willingly died and for what kind of gift can anyone give than to lay down their life for when you want to live the swelling of pride came over the tree can all of this happen just because of me can i really bring honor by bringing and adorning a home by reminding mankind that he's never alone. With this thought, little tree began to singing with glee, happy and proud to be a true Christmas tree. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Lawn and Garden Journal. We'll be back 2022. Bye-bye, everyone, and have the merriest of the holidays.